Welcome to Aliens and Moonbeams, a podcast about being foreign in Japan and other places too. This episode takes place in two worlds, Japan and America. There is something to be said about a third world that exists between those two, an in-between place. Perhaps that's where this podcast lives as well. Today we'll explore more about what that is and how maybe, just maybe, that's where a home can be made. Just a heads up, this episode contains recordings with language that some listeners may find explicit. Your ears have been warned. Let's call this episode Saxophones and Somewhere Else. About two months ago, I landed in Narita Airport returning home to Japan for the third time since living here in Sendai. After landing, I took a train to Tokyo Station. From there, I took another train to Sendai. And finally, I caught the subway that drops me within a half a mile of my apartment. In total, about 22 hours of travel. I noticed that the transition was starting to feel normal. I still get butterflies in my stomach and sweaty hands on my passport that much hasn't changed. But as I rush past other terminals, past arguing families, hand-holding couples, children clutching Game Boys, I realized that this world in between the two countries was a kind of home too. Leaving home is a sweet, crazy concoction and mixture of highs, lows, straight-up giddiness, and doubt. During my first year in Japan, I could differentiate between the place I'd left in the States and the place I'd lived in Japan pretty well. The one in Japan was shiny and new and filled with sounds that I was still trying to absorb. The place I'd left behind in America was, to the best of my knowledge, the same as I'd left it. But after three and a half years, it's gotten harder to differentiate between the two worlds to know which one to call home. So I talked to someone who's had nine years of experience traveling back and forth between Japan and America. I think the first few times that I would go back and forth, I would be more excited to go both ways. Um, At this point, nine years into it, it's more like I'm a excited to go home and see family and do certain things in America, but I'm also, it's not my place anymore. Um, so the coming back to Japan is not necessarily exciting in and of itself, but it's, a, it's 
just coming back to my routine and my my flow of things um so yeah getting on the plane to go to america is always exciting to to catch up with people and see things and then coming back is exciting in a different way just because it's okay this is going back to my world and my routine um so yeah that's my friend adam he first came to Japan with a friend to teach English, but they got placed in different locations and ended up experiencing the country for the first time in their respective cities, separate from one another. Lucky for me, I met Adam my first year living in Sendai, and we've been cafeing it ever since. That's where we decided to meet for this interview about in-between places, concepts of home, and a million other things. Um concept of home it's just a for me it's not anything too complicated it's just a place where I feel like I belong um, not necessarily just having a, a physical house uh, or apartment um, but a place where like the atmosphere and the culture um, kind of resonate with my own personality um, and I feel like Sendai especially in Japan is that I do like Seattle I do miss a lot of things about Seattle but I also really appreciate um, just the, the atmosphere that we have here uh, in, in northern Japan um, yeah for me it's just a place where I feel like I want to be here I belong here yeah who knows I mean I, I haven't been to a whole ton of countries. Um, maybe I could have gone to another country and kind of found the same feeling. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty pretty lucky to have found it here, um, especially looking back when I was first coming to Japan and being separated from my friend um, and being sent to just a place where I was really nervous about what it was going to be like to go from there to feeling like I wanted to stay. Yeah, it's a definitely, definitely an interesting journey for me. My own first trip to Japan wasn't to live and work here, but to study for six weeks when I was in college. I couldn't have known back then that I would return in a different capacity, if at all, to this world that overwhelmed me at first sight. And I couldn't have known back then the consequences for leaving for long periods of time. That the world you choose to leave behind doesn't always stay still in your absence. It's just not, it's not the life that I've chosen. Um, so going back after even just a year and a half, things are different. Um, places that I liked closed down or have changed or just things that I don't remember are there now and things I do remember are not there now. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, I can still see flashes of things like driving by my high school or driving by places I used to work. There's still flashes of those memories and like, this is the place that I'm from, but there's also enough newness and 
a lot of changes that have been made that it's also a pretty stark reminder that this is not where you've chosen to be. Um, and it's not, it sounds more sad than it actually is. It's just a reaffirmation that where you've chosen to be is where you should be. A day hasn't passed when I haven't wondered where I should be or what I should be doing. I'm still working out the reasons why I've stayed here for so long. In contrast, my friend Adam knows that he's in the right place. In the years I've gotten to know him, I've come to admire the sureness that he has. Never one to be easily swayed, he never doubts his decision to stay. Oh, um... <laughs> why, why do you belong here? Um, just the idea of being in between two worlds. Um, I've spent enough time here learning the language and learning the culture and appreciating the culture that, that staying here for me and having that sense of belongingness would be just kind of being in the role that I am in now, just kind of staying here and um, yeah, kind of walking that line between American ideology and upbringing and then modern Japan culture like that. For me, my sense of belonging is kind of walking that, that kind of gray zone between both of those things. I then asked Adam how he felt about the word expat. It's it's a very interesting word. Um, I don't actually consider my myself like I've never thought of myself in those terms. Like I always feel, even when I'm here, that I'm still an American. Um, not like I'm in this separate group of people who are Americans living somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the the term expat has never really meant anything significant to me personally. Um, just I'm still who I am from my roots, just living in a different place. But I don't feel like I'm necessarily in a special category or anything because of it. Like it's also important to make make steps or inroads into becoming a part of the culture yourself. Um, like, of course, even though I'm, I'm an American living in Japan and I can speak Japanese, I'm never going to be Japanese. And that's fine with me. Um, but I would rather be kind of in between both worlds as opposed to trying to desperately carve out an American world here in Japan, if that makes sense. The times I've traveled home from Japan have been brief. When in America for Christmas, I count the precious seconds spent with my little brother, my grandma, my parents, and of course my dog. But even he has moved on to other chew toys that I didn't know he had. But just after New Year's, or sometimes just before, 
Like clockwork, I head to Boston in the wee hours of the morning to catch my flight back to Tokyo. This year, I had something with me that I didn't have the years before. A recording. A recording of my friends, my brother, and myself bringing in the new year. It was snowing when we trudged across the town to the only bar that was open. The town was silent, except for us. There was a giant Christmas tree, and we took some photos by it so we could remember that we were almost all together for the first time in years. When we got to the bar, there was a band playing. The first thing my brother and I noticed was the saxophonist. We looked at each other and mouthed, Oh my god, a saxophone. (laughs) He was so good. We got our drinks, danced, joked, and laughed, saw a lot of our friends' parents who we hadn't seen since high school, and then we saw the back of 2016. we took so many videos on our phones. I kept having to link to my brother's cell because there was no Wi-Fi, and my phone was Japanese, so no Snapchat videos for me, unless my brother was feeling particularly generous. I didn't listen to or watch any of the videos that I took until I was on the plane the next day. I was thousands of miles across the Pacific when I listened to this. You can't get saxophone like this in Tokyo, (laughs) Dylan had said, over and over again. We couldn't stop laughing, and I can't stop laughing now, nor every time I think about it. Especially because I have the privilege of knowing Dylan, since our years together as dinosaur, Batman-inspired, crime-fighting babies. But that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) 
As silly as the recording was, it struck me as rather poignant, so I kept it in my pocket as a little piece of home, because I was reminded for the first time in a long time that home was a real, live place that was filled with people that I loved and apparently amazing saxophonists. Almost all of us that were there that night were small-town kids that were not really kids anymore. And most of us had gotten out intentionally. And then that night there was this music and that saxophone. We had long traded in that small-town life for the idea of the other one that might be across the country or across an ocean. Most of us hadn't been home in a year or so. Was there a saxophone like this in Tokyo? I hadn't found it yet. I thought of my old saxophone that was sitting in my room collecting dust. I decided not to bring it with me to Tokyo. I wish I had. After three and a half years in Japan, I don't know that I could confidently say that I only belong here. But for some people, it's different. There's a reason Adam has renewed his stay in Japan again and again. I asked him why. Here, here there's everything that I've chosen. Like the path that I've carved out for myself in my life is this. So not only the, the skills that I have for my current job, um, but also relationships, friendships, um, fiance, all that stuff is here and it's things that I've chosen. So giving, going back at this point, of course, it would be a whole set of new choices, but I'd also seemingly give up a lot of what I've strived for to be at the position that I am now. Um, especially, I was here for the, the really big earthquake that, that hit Sendai, um, but we, we got a good chunk of it up at Aomori as well. Um, and we, we had lost power for three days, uh, didn't have clean water for those days. Um, but during that time, not only uh, kind of working together with, with some of the other American friends I had there, but um, going and lining up at convenience stores to get food during those three days where everybody was kind of waiting their turn in line and kind of helping each other out. Um, just seeing that really solidified my, my desire to stay and that this might be the country that I want to be in. Um, yeah, Japan's not perfect, but I think, uh, for me, it really fits with who I am and kind of gave me a new perspective on a sense of belonging, a sense of home, I guess. In 2011, 
Sendai was greatly affected by the earthquake. There are still signs of its devastation on the coast where the tsunami hit. Debris on the beach, deserted buildings, empty schools, reconstruction, and of course, the people that remember the day very well. This includes some of my friends. It was this day that Adam witnessed the country's genteel strength in working together. He told me that when he didn't return home after the earthquake, his family finally realized that he was probably staying for good because he had found something good, a home away from home. I never dreamed that I would one day be living in Japan, nor did Adam. And although we both have varying experiences, him being a lifer and me with my recordings of home in my pocket, we share a similar appreciation for how living abroad has changed us. I asked him what kind of advice he would give to people who hadn't lived elsewhere, or to other in-betweeners like us, who are trying to find their place. I feel like it's the the end result of where people end up is unpredictable. Um, but I do feel like people should at least experience a year, if not more, somewhere else. Um, you might end up like I'm not saying that just me being a lifer here in Japan necessarily means that I'm more successful or better than people that, that are going back home because that's not absolutely not, not true. Um, I think the question that, that kids get asked a lot, that question of what do you want to be when you grow up is only part, it's only a piece of the puzzle. I think it's partly what do you want to be but also where do you want to be and I think that that question of where do you want to be is is not looked at nearly as much as it should be. So I think even if you're very attached to home, I feel like a year or two uh, going somewhere to a different place, experiencing what that place is like, um, and then maybe from there you, you decide, oh, I do want to be back home. That, that is my place. That's fine too. Um, or maybe you go for a year or two somewhere and then you feel like, oh, well, I really like this. But... This place isn't necessarily for me, I want to try a different place. Um, I think, for me, more than what do you want to be, that where do you want to be was a bigger question for me, personally. Um, so, I found the place where I want to be, and now the what side of things comes into play, and um, as long as I can be in this place, kind of what I do isn't as important. So as long as I can kind of stay where I'm at, um, I can kind of do whatever. Um, like have a sugar mom in the rest of my life. Um, but no, no, no. I, in all seriousness, though, I think people who are feeling trepidation um, about traveling feel like it's, it's worth a year or two of your life, um, at the very least. Um, yeah, there... America is a nice place and all, um, and I'm happy to be an American, I'm proud to be an American, um, but 
I'm also very happy with the choices I made to go somewhere else. Thank you for listening to Aliens and Moonbeams. This has been the podcast's second official episode. That's not including our bonus episode that came out on Inauguration Day. If you haven't listened to that one yet, you totally should. A huge thanks to Adam Mott for sharing his thoughts and his genius in this episode, and of course for his support. And now for a special public service announcement. Great place for a grumpy old man. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> judgmental grumpy old man. Yeah. This, is, this is my place. This is your place. Um, so, you said you're engaged. Yes. <laughs> I did say that. I'm, in, I'm engaged right now um, to a wonderful girl. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you were the first person I called. I freaked out. Yeah, it was, it was, it was all the reaction I was hoping for. <laughs> Falling down and crying and just, just a typical Jess. Just a normal Tuesday for, for Miss Jess here. Typical Tuesday. <laughs> Always fantastic news. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. And good luck to Adam and his fiance Yukiko on their engagement. Aliens and Moonbeams wishes you the moonbeamsiest. Another special thanks to Dylan Lovering, Sarah Lovering, Alec Khaled, Sarah Snowden, Melanie, Sarah Weller, and Michael Robert Alexander Clark, who without them, this episode would not have been possible. The ambient, spacey, awesome music you're listening to right now was written and produced by Mikans, a solo artist and one of my friends and coworkers. More about where you can find his music on our Facebook page. Be sure to rate and review Aliens and Moonbeams on iTunes if you haven't already. And of course, subscribe. Thanks for tuning in, thanks for your support, and join us next time for episode 3. Remember, being an alien can be a human thing too.